villagers, get ready. Here's Miss T with a word designed with you in mind. Hello, my friends. It's time to begin the show designed with you in mind. I'm Tanisha Baker, and I'm excited to host the 198th edition of What You Shouldn't Be Missing. We hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more on the show with the flow that keeps you in the know. Thanks for tuning in to Talking With T. It's March 11th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, actor Terrence Howard, singer Cheryl Lynn, and Grammy Award-winning singer Bobby McFerrin. March 11th is National Day of Napping, appropriately so, as we adjust our bodies to daylight savings. I saw an article that said there are some discussions in place that may get rid of time changes altogether, saying that they are confusing, unnecessary, and unhealthy. And wherever I have the opportunity to vote for this, you can count me in. We continue to celebrate Women's History Month and celebrate the accomplishments and achievements of women everywhere. Hillary Clinton said women are the largest untapped reservoir of talent in the world. Women have made remarkable contributions and continue to be a force of innovation, inventions, intelligence, and the glue that sticks it all together. The theme this month is spring cleaning, and we are looking to clean up or out things or even people that are cluttering our lives. Sometimes we have to just throw it all away. That bad job, that bad friend, that bad man, throw them away and burn the dumpster you put them in. Let's turn our attention to our Monday Minute Quick Bits. Actor Luke Perry, best known for his role in Beverly Hills 90210, died at the age of 52 from a stroke. Also starring in Beverly Hills 90210 and many daytime soap operas was actor Jed Allen, who also died at age 84. Another TV favorite, Alex Trebek, longtime host of the game show Jeopardy, announced he has stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Frida Foreman, the daughter of former heavyweight champion George Foreman, died this past Saturday. She was found unresponsive inside her Houston area home. North Carolina State Supreme Court appoints the first black woman chief justice. Chief Justice Sherry Beasley was sworn in in front of more than a thousand people as she was appointed to the state's highest court. Three people, including one student, are dead after a bus carrying a middle school softball team crashed head-on with an SUV allegedly driven by a drunk driver in Oklahoma. Another tragic accident occurred this past Sunday on an Ethiopian airline that crashed with no survivors. All 157 people aboard the plane perished. Empire actor Jesse Smollett was indicted on 16 felony counts by the grand jury. Now, I know what he did was wrong. We can even call it horrible. But 16 felonies, that seems a little over the top. I mean, he didn't hurt anybody but himself, so I'm, I'm just not sure about this. But on a bright note, seniors at Austin East Magnet High School in Knoxville, Tennessee, were surprised as they were informed that Belk's department store would be sponsoring their prom, which includes venue, decorations, food, dresses, tuxedos, hairdos, and makeup. What an awesome treat. This means that all students will get to attend the prom this year, despite economic hardships. The Bible warns us to be careful about calling people fools. But I can't think of a better word for a man who was convicted of plotting an acid attack on his three-year-old son because of a custody battle. 
This past Wednesday, a video was released of David Chilston attacking his attorney in an Ohio courtroom after he received a 47-year prison sentence. The attorney suffered a broken nose and a concussion. Now, I don't know what Chilston expected the attorney to do, but he had pled guilty to holding his girlfriend hostage at gunpoint and then setting a whole apartment complex on fire. What did he think he was going to get? Probation? Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear a powerful and passionate speech made by Arkansas Senator Stephanie Flowers, who was upset over the Stand Your Ground bill. She is obviously outraged and tired, like many of us, over the state of our country and the demise of our black children. You can check out the audio and this story as well as more information to other stories we share by visiting www.talkingwitht.com. I'll be as quick as I can, as quick as it takes to kill somebody, I guess. You want me to be that quick. But, you know, as uh, Ms. Fletcher pointed out, and it doesn't take much to look on the local news every night and see how many black kids, black boys, black men are being killed with these stand your ground defenses that these people raise. Then they get off. So I take issue with that. I'm the only person here of color, okay? I am a mother too. And I have a son. And I care as much for my son as y'all care for y'all's. But my son doesn't walk the same path as yours does. So this debate deserves more time. I'm in Pine Bluff. We have killings regularly down there. Mr. Hunter knows he's our prosecutor. Now I don't know where the heck, I know where you are from, Gary. And I don't know really where Mr. Ballinger is from. But I can tell you that for a long time since I've been back here in Arkansas, I have feared for my son's life. Now he's 27 and he's out of Arkansas. And I thank God he is when you're bringing up crap like this. It offends me. And then to limit the debate too? This is crazy. You don't have to worry about your children, Will. I worry about my son. And I worry about other little black boys and girls. And people coming into my neighborhood, into my city, saying they got open carry rights, walking down in front of my doggone office in front of the courthouse. That's a bully. Do I have a right to stand my ground with some crazy-ass person walking around with a doggone gun? I don't know what the hell he intends to do, but I know I am scared. I feel threatened, just like some of y'all walking around here up in the legislature with these damn guns. That What's his name? Garner came in here, walking around here with a damn gun in his, under his coat. You can see the damn print. Senator, you need to stop. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. What the hell are you going to do? Shoot me? Senator. Senator, shit. Who the hell? I'm telling you, this deserves more attention. You want to come up here with all these little uh, NRA bills and bills that Alec have and all that stuff. I'm talking about my son's life. 
When I'm talking about the lives of other black kids. Do what the hell you want to do. Go ahead, but you can't silence me. You got your damn silence gun out in the damn chamber today, but you are not going to silence me. Senator Flowers, if anybody hasn't tried to silence you, it's me. To win. To win. We need to get this over with. He said we were going to be down here all night. You got all these people up here. NAACP is here too. Let them speak. Want to limit some damn debate. Senator. What? You're out of order. And so what? So you're out of order. Okay, so what? You're out of order. And so what are you going to do about it? I am upset. You need to be upset somewhere else. No, I don't. I, can, I got a right. I'm an elected officer just like you. All right, listeners, it's that time in the show where we continue to review trending news. And I have with me our know-it-all, Professor Jay, and our top investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pam. So we're going to start with the story that actually came up a little while ago. And I first saw it on on social media, a woman, Tamla Horsford, was at some type of adult slumber party, is the best way I can describe it, and then she was found dead at the party. So there are some questions as to how this woman died. All those people were there. Supposedly, nobody saw what happened, and then there was an investigation that concluded she fell off a balcony or whatnot. Uh, Pam, do you have more details? Because this story is a little confusing to me. Yes, it is. It seems that Tamla Horsford had went to an adult slumber party with some other football moms. It was seven of them. It was a total eight, eight of them there. And But there some of the significant others were there as well. And so sometime in the middle of the night, they said they allegedly lost her. They didn't know where she was. And so everybody goes to bed. I'm not sure if we're at a slumber party and I don't see you there or any of my other friends there. I'm be like, can y'all somebody find Tanisha, you know? So they they went on to bed and the next morning they said she was outside on the line. So they waited a few moments to call, call 911. In fact, about 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes to call 911 and said that she was unresponsive. And Jose Barrera is the one that called. That's the homeowner's question. He also worked at the courthouse, was fired for going through court documents trying to get um, what the actual report said. So it seems all a little suspect, the family, they closed the case. They said that they ruled it. She fell and it was trauma from the fall. They said they found Xanax in her um, system and they think she was just drunk or on pills or something that fell. Her family is still pushing for this to get this used over again because something doesn't sound right. It, it just doesn't. She's the only black one there. And what what happened to her? How did you lose track of her in the middle of the night and nobody tried to go find her? I was going to bring up the fact that she was the only person of color, uh, the only black person, rather, at this party. So it just seems really strange to me that, you know, like you said, Pam, if we're all at a social gathering and one of us goes missing for a significant amount of time, seems like to me. Somebody would go looking. Okay. So I appreciate you sharing the details, and I still have questions. In fact, I might have more now. But I do understand 
that she was the only person of color there. Okay. I'm not sure, first of all, that I understand this whole adult slumber party thing, but maybe that's another issue. Now, they say she fell off the balcony. Nobody knew where she was. Everybody was asleep, right? Right. So when did they find her? Like hours and hours later or like the next morning? The next morning around 7.30. Okay. So she's outside dead all night long or whenever they decide to go to bed. And they find her the next morning, but don't immediately call the police. They wait about 45 minutes to call the police. Yes, and I think that's so they can get their story together. That's what I think. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what it would seem like. And so they did an autopsy and said that there was blunt force trauma, abrasions, and a whole bunch of things that, or a whole bunch of injuries that occurred from her falling off a balcony. Yes, and they still ruled it accident. Mm-hmm. It just all sounds strange. Very, very strange. Well, I'll tell you what, let's move on. We need to keep up with that. I'm curious as to what's going to happen. But this next story is the next chapter of Education Gone Wrong. As each week, there's been a story involving a teacher with poor judgment. First, we had kids being asked to pretend they were runaway slaves for a gym game. Then last week, students were given an assignment in which they were asked to pretend they owned slaves and to elaborate on what they would ask their slaves to do. Well, this week, a New York private school is investigating a teacher, and I believe it's fifth grade. Yes, a fifth grade teacher who held a mock auction, and she asked her white students to pretend they were buying the black students at auction and she says she was doing it as a part of a lesson on slavery. One of the parents who complained said that her son was among the three black students singled out to play slaves in this mock auction. And so I'm talking slowly because I'm trying not to hyperventilate while I think about this incident. Each week is something like this, and each week I get more and more upset at the insensitivity of these so-called educators in front of our kids and holding these, like you said last week, Jay, like who approves these lessons? How do you not think that this would be appropriate? Well, here's the thing. I understand that a lot of times we as educators have lessons that we come up with on the fly. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Let's keep it 100 Despite the fact that we may have nice, written-out lesson plans, inspiration may hit us. But, again, clearly this was not totally thought through. And from what I was reading with this particular story, there were not very many African-American students in the class. And she went through, according to the mother of one of the African-American students, she went through the whole ordeal of having African-American students to go outside, and she put imaginary shackles on their feet and uh, put chains around their necks and brought them back into the room. I'm, I'm going like, to need some oxygen. I'm going to need some oxygen. I can't. Well, I'm just saying what was reported. So, I mean, again, you really had to be totally just out of your professional mind to come up with something like this. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I, again, the question is, who approved this? 
Evidently, it's a long list. It's, evidently, it's a long list of people that thought it was okay to do. Hmm. Well, why you why you say that? Because it keeps happening. It keep, keeps happening. I'm sure they cannot tell me that they sit there. They had to discuss it with some somebody. They told somebody about it, and so with the people that they told, nobody was like, you know what? I don't think that's a good idea. You know, um, I think you might want to think about that. It, with everything that's going on. I didn't know in their right mind how they could think it was okay. Right. And so the principal sent an email last Tuesday night to the parents, you know, saying it was racially insensitive and hurtful. And people keep getting fired. They keep getting ridiculed. They keep getting put on blast, and they keep doing it. Something has to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so while we're on education gone wrong, I'm going to come back to another story, but it just made me think about an incident with uh, a mother who complained about the treatment of her child. I believe the child was eight years old. And she said he was forced to urinate in a trash can in front of the class. So from what I can tell, the little boy had to use the bathroom, asked his teacher a couple of times, could he go to the restroom? She told him, now keep in mind he's eight, that he couldn't go to the restroom but he could use the garbage can. Okay. So evidently he attempts to do that. In my mind, I'm trying to picture this little eight-year-old boy having to expose himself in front of the class, trying to use the bathroom, and then had to wear two plastic garbage bags and sit in his urine-soaked clothing. And that's according to CNN. Of course, Los Angeles Unified said they take all these matters uh, seriously and so forth, but they said they had to do an investigation. Again, and this just like the last story, every time we read one of these, there has to be some type of investigation. When there's a classroom full of witnesses, little boys sitting in a darn garbage bag, like what's to investigate? I feel like that teacher should have been charged. Something right. is almost criminal about what she did and now the little boy is being bullied at school because he had a urinate of course you know in, in the trash can and had to wear these garbage bags these are the things that make me thankful for my freedom because i could see at any point how you could lose it and just go to jail i'm usually rational and try to be reasonable i try but something like this to your baby, eight years old. I don't know. Well, don't know. again, again, let me tell yeah, my yeah. educator hat here. Well, you go ahead and carry on while I look for some oxygen because I'm about to lose my breath oh, again. Okay, all right. I, I'm putting my educator hat on. All right. Mm -hmm. So I understand that that there are times in the lesson that it is not, you know, feasible for a child to go to the restroom. Okay. So the first note, I would, I would would be sufficient. But if a child repeatedly asks to go to the restroom, well, actually, let me, let me take that back. There are points in the lesson where a child may not need to go to the restroom because he or she will miss out on instruction. So uh -huh. a not right now would be sufficient, okay, if the okay. child says it's an emergency or ask repeatedly. Let the child go because obviously he or she needs to go. And you're right. There's definitely something criminal about this. If you tell a child that he cannot go to the restroom 
yet he has to, his only other option is to go to the restroom in a garbage can, thus exposing himself to the rest of his classmates, which is, you know, not right in any shape, form, or fashion. It's got to be criminal. I'm just saying it's got to be. Right, and then having to wear a garbage bag and be humiliated for God knows how long. (sighs) And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around why there's a need to conduct a whole investigation. Right. And why did it take so long? When did this happen? I believe this happened in November. What are they investigating, and why are they making her go through the school board? I'll be reporting live from cell block H. Okay. You know, because for one, it should be criminal charges because they, she made him expose himself to the class. That, exactly. That, that's the first thing. And two, you you, you humiliated him. How could uh, – I don't even want to think about it. Well, mm-hmm. I think she went to the school board because she first went to the school uh, when she found out what happened, and they didn't do anything. That's grounds for a bull with And if, if I go – I mean, I just I can take everybody out at that point, right? You're not doing anything. Right. Yeah, she, like I said, when we were preparing for the show, she wouldn't be able to teach the dog how to fish by the time I got finished with her. Right. And, you know, one more strange thing is that no other parents or adults, and I don't know, let me say this, I don't know that they didn't, but I didn't see where any other parents or adults had a problem with this incident other than the mother. And with this being elementary school, I'm just thinking about how kids go home and talk. Right. And with me teaching high school, you know, there's some things that high schoolers may not share with their parents when they get home. But younger kids, they tell everything that goes on at school. As soon as the parent asks them, what did you do at school today? The floodgates are open. And, you know, the, the, the child gives a play-by-play from the time he or she got there until the time he or she gets in the car. So, again, I'm like you. My question is, how is it that none of the other parents complain? Because I'm pretty sure that some other child managed to have gone home and told what happened. Well, we need to watch this story, too, because I'm curious how this is going to turn out and if the teacher is going to get a pass, if it's going to go away quietly or if there's going to be some consequence for this most inappropriate action on behalf of this teacher. If she gets a pass, then we should make T-shirts. You get a pass, that's your ass. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, how many times is it going to happen? We shared three stories in three weeks, and there are more. We just only had time to share those. And before we go, I do want to bring up there was an incident at the University of Tennessee right here in Knoxville where an image of some students surfaced on Snapchat with blackface. And the caption read, We for racial equality. Boys about to get this free college now that I'm black. Let's go. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. UT released a statement condemning the incident, but to my knowledge, there's been no consequences. And so there was a protest at uh, the basketball game last Tuesday over this controversy, but there has to be a consequence if there isn't. 
that sends a very clear message, in my opinion, to the university's stance on how they feel about their students of color. Now, I did read that one of the things that makes it difficult is where you draw the line between free speech and what they did, what we consider to be offensive, inappropriate, or whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I understand that one of the students no longer attends the university. Uh, On his own accord. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very many details weren't given in that aspect, but also as a UC alum and as Mm -hmm. a black man, you know, the lack of response or the lack of what we would deem to be a sufficient response is nothing new. I can recall swastikas being painted on the rock, uh, other incidents that happened during my time at the university, and that was during near 20 years ago. So clearly nothing has changed. And in a uh, UT black alumni group that I'm a part of, there's been a call for a boycott, if you will, by the Black Alumni Association or those of us who are African-American alumni uh, not to purchase any UT gear, not to buy any tickets to any game. And if, you know, we know of any students who are interested in attending UT to have, the, you know, to pretty much say, well, hey, don't go here. They won't value you as a, as a student. Yeah, and that was a... A UT student that put out a PSA and, and was telling high school students, did not come to the University of Tennessee. She says the bigoted place, um, racist and blackface are punished. Uh, Nazis can roam around campus. They, you know, they had the, and this was a Caucasian. Well, I must admit, she was, yeah, okay, all right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, if you want to be honest and truthful when it happens, you don't have to necessarily be at the end of it, or you might not be the target, but if you got good sense and you're in your right mind, you still know it was wrong. And so I I feel like I'm a little concerned. You know, Jay, I have one of my degrees from the University of Tennessee as well, and I would be concerned about sending my child or the students I work with in an environment where they're going to be subject to that, and the message is that it's okay. They're cultivating a culture of it continuing to happen if they let it go on. You've got a point there. And, you know, for them to put uh, as much emphasis as they have in the past years on minority recruitment, this certainly is not a good look. Well, they got some work to do. And not only them, classrooms and teachers sprinkled all throughout our country have some work to do. We have some work to do. As a culture, we have some work to do as a country. Uh, with that being said, that's it for this bit. And I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to Talking With T anytime on your time through Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily, your online scoop of trending news to find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. 
A woman who knows what she brings to the table is not afraid to eat alone. Remember where you heard the word. Keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.